0: New to the living healthy lifestyle or a healthy living veteran, this is your place for honest answers. Naturally Savvy with registered holistic nutritionist, Andrea Donsky and health journalist, Lisa Davis.
1: So glad you're listening to Naturally Savvy. My fabulous co-host, Andrea, is away today. I'm Lisa Davis. Growing up, my mother never baked. It just wasn't something she did. Now, I recently did an interview um, about chronic living with chronic pain. and, And I mentioned, if you listen to the show, she had chronic pain. And so she did rarely not much at all in the kitchen. It was very difficult for her. So I grew up sort of not really knowing about baking and the importance of it. And the reason I bring this up is, you know, when you're baking and when you're doing something where you're You're not really turning your mind off, but you're not focused on all the minutiae of the day and all the stress and all the problems. But you're right in the moment. And it's more and more important that we have those mindful moments. So I'm thrilled to have on the wonderful Beth Ricanati, M.D. She's the author of the fabulous book, Braided, A Journey Through a Thousand Chalas. And she joins us now. Dr. Ricanati, welcome. Thank you. Good morning. I'm excited to be here. I'm so happy to have you on the program. I love your book. I think it's so important to take that time to find something in your busy life that really nourishes you. And whether it be cooking or coloring or, you know, there's so there's different things. But what I loved is that intense connection that you had, busy mom, doctor, so many things going on. And yet when you decided to bake that challah, it's like, whoa, wait a second, I'm feeling connected. So talk to us about that. Take to us before you started the challah, and then let's go after the challah. <laughs> Absolutely. So so picture
0: this, if you will. About 10 years ago, sure. I was completely stressed out. I was stretched really thin. I was sort of over there when I should have been over here. I was a physician. I am a physician. I'm working in a busy hospital at that time with three kids under the age of six, it was overwhelming, and mm. I um, was really struggling. And fortuitously at that time, a friend of mine and I were speaking um, just before the Jewish New Year, and she said to me, you should bake challah, which was pretty amusing because I don't bake. Or certainly <laughs> at that time, I didn't bake. Um Okay. I made box brownies. That's true. But, you know, the kind you add the egg. <laughs> I am going to bring oil. those but, up.
1: And now you went to Ghirardelli, which uh, other than, I think, what was it, Betty Crocker yes. or
0: something? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Although I've even given right. those up recently. But yes, I, I'm all about, um, now, <laughs> now I'm about making hollow. So I actually, I did what she said. I made the bread and it was the most mm. transformative experience because I just stopped and when yeah. you make something from scratch, you have to be there in the moment, mixing the ingredients, stirring it, kneading the dough, the whole thing. It was incredible. And then I took it out of the oven. Oh, my God, the smell.
1: Mm-hmm. Our house
0: became a home, and I was completely hooked, Lisa.
1: Oh, that is so nice. You know, I had hollow on Friday night. We would go to Temple. We were reformed. Mm-hmm. And my mom didn't usually go but my father and I would go and I'd honestly just go for the challah and these they had these like little cupcakes <laughs> and my mom was a total health food nut so she never allowed us really to have junk and it was you know just special occasions so I would just go my dad would be schmoozing and I would like eat as much junk as possible but I always looked forward to the challah but it wasn't hot it wasn't fresh out of the oven I don't think I've ever had that experience, which is kind of sad as a Jew. Like, what happened? So I definitely you inspired me to make Holla. So thank you.
0: Oh, I'm so glad. So glad. It's a really incredible experience uh, to do for yourself and those around you.
1: Yeah, it really is. You know, I like reading about your growing up and you've got this brother and sister and they're in the Ivy League and they, you know, have all their you know, ducks in a row and, and, and talking about yourself and, but you knew that, you know, you wanted to be a doctor eventually. Right. And you talk about some difficult times with eating disorders and a friend's uh, death when you were in college, which I was, I'm so sorry about Meredith and just sort of your path and, and the way you look at eating and, and, you know, hala is just so wonderful and fluffy and light and comforting. And yet with the, the eating disordered world, it's just so complicated. Talk to us a little bit about that.
0: It is complicated. Um, yeah. I think that challah is special bread because it not only right. nourishes us physically, but it nourishes us spiritually. Sure, it's it's bread, and we need food to eat. We right. need sustenance. Um, but it's a, this is a special bread. This is a bread that has a lot of history behind it, and a lot of symbolism, and a lot of ritual, um, and it's fun. Uh, I, I, I grew up reform like you and I didn't know mm-hmm. anything about challah, quite frankly. And it was really mm-hmm. fun to, to learn some of the history and the ritual behind it. For example, I learned this really cool thing that when you make the bread, you make it in the merit of somebody or something. And I find that so special. So imagine this, there you are, you've got your ingredients out on the counter and you're about to make the dough and you stop and you think, okay, like why am I making this today? What why am I here? What am I doing? And it really brings into focus um, not just that it's bread to eat, but that there's there's a bigger there's a bigger picture going on here, which I find really um, profound.
1: Oh, me too. And I loved reading about the history of challah in the book. I was like, oh, I had no idea. You know, I right. I it's
0: cool to, to yeah. <laughs> and I love that it that it um, that this is a bread that is made all around the world. And I find that really uh, gratifying and um, connecting. Like I, I don't feel so alone in the world when I think about I'm making it here in Los Angeles and there are people making it in New York and there are people making it in Europe and there are people making it in Israel. And I think that's really um, unifying and helps to make the world seem a little bit less overwhelming.
1: Yeah, I think so too. And you've done such an amazing job of getting women now to make challah together. <laughs> kitchens with other women. It's such a bonding experience.
0: It really is. It's an opportunity to create community and to sustain community. It's really wonderful to bring um, this together and and do with other people. And and I do enjoy doing that on most Fridays.
1: You know, it's funny when I was, I was thinking about challah and the first thing that came to my head, because I'm such a health nut, which annoyed me after reading the book, I was like, yeah, but it's white bread. And I'm like, oh God, what is wrong with me? And i love that no, you would no, no, it's that. A, it's not like you're saying eat hollet of every flipping meal. You're like, it's a special no, that's thing. Exactly, you know, I, right? Right. Okay.
0: <laughs> that's the point. Like, Lisa. It, is, yes, it is white. It is, it is white bread. Right. And honestly, I tried for a while. I mean, my gosh, I'm a doctor. I'm supposed to be healthy. Right. So I tried to make it with whole wheat and I tried no. all these different things, but I really like my recipe. And when I tried to yeah. modify it, it just didn't work. In fact, it was awful. So what I finally actually was able to realize is moderation. It's okay. I don't need to be so obsessive about this. I have a piece of halal on Friday nights and it's okay. Um, so it's a really great reminder to me to just be mindful of what I'm eating and think about having a balanced diet. And I really emphasize, um, for myself for our family for my patients a lot of you know, fruits and vegetables and whole grains and and protein and things like that and with that said a piece of challah on Friday night with your family it's okay
1: right it and is. i love and i love that you talk about spiritual nourishment as well when you're talking about the challah
0: yeah i think that that i was missing that in my life and i didn't mm-hmm. even realize it and once i started making challah and it became part of of our family's experience, I was able to realize some of the bigger lessons behind it, including that this really is a spiritual bread and and the experience of having it and sharing it with others just elevates the, the whole thing.
1: Well, it's also great in the book that you tell us what to look for. You tell us what kind of flour to get and what kind of oil to use. And I love sugar. It says, buy plain old white sugar. <laughs> There's
0: just so many different oh types There's of so sugar many, nowadays. Right? It's overwhelming when you go to the grocery store. But I really, yeah. I did a deep dive into the ingredients because I, I believe that food is medicine. And, and what we eat, I think, so impacts our health. And And particularly for those either with chronic disease or at risk for disease, and I, I really um, believe that deeply. And therefore, I wanted to really look at the ingredients in this recipe and make sure that I was using the best and the healthiest that I can can use. And so for like, take the egg, for example. I used to just use right. when I started out just what I didn't know about eggs. I just whatever egg I bought, I bought. Um, and I've since learned, you know, that's not my, not all eggs are created equal. And, and it really does make a difference. And when I think about I have a choice you know, and, and what I eat is a choice. And I can choose to put in healthier ingredients into this. And I think that's really exciting that that we can, um, in a very simple way, impact our health.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you said that too, about the choice, because I have to be honest, when I was scrolling and then it said, buy Morton, the one in the blue canister. And I thought, huh, it's so interesting. I grew up with that. But yet nowadays I tell people get the Himalayan pink salt or get the sea salt or this and that. But you talked about, well, you tried it and you always returned, you write to my trusty blue canister, um, iodized table salt.
0: It works in this recipe and I -hmm. like it because it's iodized and we do need iodine Um, and Mm -hmm. Some of those other salts you mentioned are great. I have them right. in my kitchen. I use them for for different purposes, but for this recipe, keep it simple. And again, like another life lesson, just keep it simple. And this, this that salt, which by the way, I grew up with as well, and um, turns out my mother, like my mother, grew up with it, and my mother, like everybody, grew up with it. And and sometimes <laughs> there's a reason for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, That's exactly, because it, it works. It's- now, I've it never works. made any type of bread in my life. And for some reason, I don't know if I'm the only one, but I kind of get intimidated like with the yeast, like how much is supposed to rise and how long and what if it over... I, I know nothing about bread. So let's talk about yeast phobic people. Like maybe I'm the only one. It, it, it was interesting. No, I, I, eat, had, right? never, I had never, I had never used yeast. Oh, really? It only, no, I, I had it no idea. It cost me 10 minutes. Yeah, I was like, I thought it was like hours or days. I don't <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead though. For 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 simple,
0: I mean this is a, this is obviously a very simple recipe and yeah. you can buy the packets of yeast at the grocery store which I did for a long time and then a friend turned okay. me on to buying yeast in bulk because I obviously I use it every week. I
1: mean, <laughs> there's <Yeah>. something
0: <laughs> about that. But um yeast is a living organism and so it needs um first it needs a little sugar to 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 feed on and then it needs warm water. And one of the things I learned when I was starting, because I knew nothing about proofing yeast either, was um if you use cold water, it doesn't kick start it to get it to proof. And if you use if it's too hot, you'll actually kill it. So the temperature matters and it and it it should be um warm to the touch. And then what I also learned was uh, I let it sit on the counter and I let it sort of bubble while I do that first, by the way, and then I make the dough. The, the first part of the dough, and then I come back to add add the yeast. And I just let it go, and it does its thing. And initially, because I didn't know what I was doing, I used to get really worried. And what is the right amount of bubble? And what should that murky water look like? And I threw out a lot of really good yeast because I didn't know and I didn't trust. And again, like another mm-hmm. life lesson. Like, sometimes you just have to trust that it's going to work out. So if the yeast is good, and I put in the sugar, and the water's warm enough, then I just have to trust that it's going to work. And most days it actually looks, most Fridays it, it looks like I think it should look, and it bubbles, and it rises up in the glass bowl, and it's really cool, and it's like a science experiment in my kitchen, and I get all excited. But sometimes the water looks murky, and that's okay. I've learned that that's okay. I still use it, and it works. So it's been, again, another wonderful life lesson in just kind of going with the flow, because I didn't know anything about yeast, Lisa, before this.
1: I'm not a baker. I didn't know. Yep. Well, I love this too, Reda. you read. I use six ingredients, no more, no less. And then you talk about how you're not making chocolate chip hala and cinnamon hala and dying colors. And I love how you write, I want it to remain simple and predictable. I don't want to confuse this experience, this moment with superfluous ingredients and flavors. I'm not wondering whether I should add food coloring to enhance the look of the bread. Instead, I am reveling in a few minutes of not thinking. And that's what I started the show with. Let's talk about that mindfulness and having these activities that are so important for our health.
0: Oh, yes. This is the <laughs> this is my, <laughs> one of my favorite lessons of this whole experience has been that I realized that making bread for me is a meaningful ritual it grounds me, and it's mindful, and it's a moment mm-hmm. to be present and focused. It's like a meditation, and so you're right. I don't want to confuse that with what topping I'm going to put in it, and what color it's going to. And by the way, people do that, and it's fantastic, and it's great. I have oh, friends okay. who make chocolate chipala, and friends who make rainbow and all and that's lovely, and that's great. It's not what I do, because part of why I do this is for the mindfulness piece of it, and so I want that to remain. And I also, by the way, like the plain hollow, just how it tastes, but that's all, that's almost secondary yes. <laughs> in the in this case. It's really about keeping it simple and keeping
1: it mindful. It is really good. And how long did it take for you to kind of get into the rhythm of it, where you weren't worried is the yeast working, or I don't know about the salt or whatever the other thing? Did it take a little while to kind yeah, of have that Yeah, it took a rhythm? while.
0: No, it, it mm-hmm. took a while. So I started making it, and I kept making it and i it it i would make it originally almost every friday but not every friday and then i realized that i was missing it and i would start to rearrange my schedule so that i could actually do this on fridays and then it's one of those one you know the more you do something the the easier it gets the better it gets um and i started realizing that oh i don't i wasn't pulling out the recipe and i wasn't really think i was just in the moment and mm. i would say it, it definitely took probably a month of Fridays to, to really get in the swing of it.
1: You share so many great stories in the book. I, I was really taken with when you were talking about the deliveries that you had witnessed and you talked about each unique, ah. each birth forever changing those involved. And I mean, some were beautiful, but some were sad. There was a stillborn baby and one had an umbilical cord around its neck. And you say, strange as it? Strange as it might seem, picking up the Pyrex measuring cup and seeing with my own eyes a yeast-sugar water mixture come alive is a little like being back in that delivery room, a witness to a living moment. That's really powerful. Thank you.
0: I was um, really struck when I was a medical student and I did my OB mm-hmm. rotation. I had never seen a birth and we didn't have any pets and I don't live on a farm. I mean, I, I had no idea. And, and I was really awed by that experience. And it really yeah. is magical now. When okay, it's obviously not the same thing, and, and I have kids, and I, I mean, I, um, I, it, it's obviously different. But but to mix the yeast and the sugar and the water, and watch it, and then watch it some more, and you see it start to grow and it bubbles, mm. and it really is awe inspiring. You're watching something develop. It's
1: it's, it's amazing. It really is. You know, my husband and I and my daughter and I, on Saturday nights, we love watching on Netflix, a great British baking show. And I don't know if this yes. has turned you on to other baking, but has it? <laughs> that show is amazing. I like, watched that with my, that? one of
0: my kids, too. Oh, my goodness. We love that show. Yes. No, you know, um, I am intrigued by it. And I have yet right. to really venture too much. I do a little more baking now, um, mm-hmm. but I don't do that much. But
1: yeah. I, I think it's so it's amazing. <laughs> yes, it really is. Yeah, it's really, um, it is fun to see what they can do with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I just, I love seeing It's, It's creative. To me, it's art, you know, what they're right. doing with their creations. It's, it's art and it's delicious. And it's, again, it's that concentration, that mindfulness. Well, it's interesting because there's a mix of, I right. think on that show, you're in the moment, but there's stress. It's different because it's a competition versus you're in your home. You're doing something that's comfortable. And if the first few times with the challah are uncomfortable, it will get, you'll get there, obviously. Exactly. And, and sometimes it doesn't work out. out.
0: Oh, and, talk to us and about it, that. Absolutely. I mean, when I first started making challah, I followed the recipe to the letter of the law because I, I didn't know what I was doing and I was so nervous. So it said, for example, yeah. four cups of flour. And I added literally four cups of flour, but it didn't feel uh, the The texture of the dough, I didn't really know what it was supposed to feel like, but it didn't feel right. It felt heavy. Mm-hmm. And I've since learned that uh, you can always add more, but it's hard to take out <laughs> another lesson. So I start now with three and a half cups, and or give or take, and that's the other, It's it's a give or take, and I'm not precise. And then I add more if I need it. And some weeks I need it, just like in life. Sometimes mm. you need a little more and sometimes you don't. I usually end up with about four cups of flour, but it just depends on the week. And I've learned to just go with it, trust what the dough feels like, and just kind of go
1: with it. Yeah, you know, it's funny because, (laughs) oh, that's good. Well, Cause I'm a very honest person. Uh, I have not made the challah yet. I wanted to talk to you first, talk to you about the yeast situation. And usually when I have some <laughs> recipes, I always make at least one and I was embarrassed. I'm like, why am I still afraid to make the challah? Like there's some, but now talking to you, I do feel better. I am going to try it. I'm going to buy some white flour. Darn it. The King Arthur. We <laughs> I mean, actually have some. Sometimes my husband uses that to make pancakes for my daughter, which of course I don't eat cause it's white flour, but maybe I'll, maybe I'll move past that, at least with the challah. <laughs> Give
0: it a try. Give it a try. I, I use will. their organic flower, by the way. Oh, nice.
1: Oh, okay. All right. You can yeah, let's talk about flour. how this has connected you more to your Judaism. It
0: has. And what the,
1: mm-hmm. the first,
0: first of all, it's a mitzvah to make Allah. It's, it's a blessing. It's, right. it's, it's, a, it's a commandment. And in addition, we now have Friday night dinner in our house. And it's really great. It's been a very grounding influence. Our kids are are home, and if they go out, they go out afterwards, and they bring friends over. And it's become this lovely uh, touch point in our week, which I really Mm -hmm. value. And in this busy, crazy, fast-paced, mixed-up world we're all living in and going at a a much too (laughs) – we're we're all going in so many directions, (laughs) it's really fantastic to – to lure all of us, myself included, back home on Friday night with Fresh Allah. It's been great.
1: Yeah, I I miss it. You know, I grew up with lighting the candles every Friday, and I've let that go for years. You know, it kind of came and went. And my husband works late, so it's just me and my daughter. But I, you know, and I always say, I'm going to restart it again. So, and I really want to, and then something comes in the way, or I just forget. And I think it's so nice when you can have rituals. It it, it does ground you. And and one of the things you talk about in the book, too, is happiness. I love how you write... Uh, We can't always be happy. Sometimes happiness is taken from us. And you talk about that. And you talk about while painting challah with the red tip brush may seem childish, may seem frivolous. I look forward to this with almost too much glee. In fact, whenever possible, I insist on doing this step myself instead of handing it over to a child or a friend or anyone else. I want the reminder. I want the physical reminder that when we have the choice to be happy, We have to grab it. We have to take it and own and cherish it. It is not always ours to choose. You really are such a good writer. I mean, it's really, really moving. Thank you.
0: Thank you. It's great. And
1: Congratulations, by the way, for being uh, number one in new releases. I think it was in Kosher. I looked up, I believe. Yeah, uh, Kosher Cookie on Amazon. It was quite
0: exciting to see that. Yeah, it's had a good line. The book came out two weeks ago, and it's been been, uh, really well received thus far. Thank you.
1: Oh, I'm so glad. Well, it's wonderful. You're just fabulous. And uh, we just have a couple minutes left. So I, what would you hope people take away from the book?
0: Oh, I love that question. Thank you for asking it. What I really, really would like um, is for all of us to have a meaningful ritual in our life. And I don't care what it is. I mean, I love for me that it's Making hala, but maybe it's gardening for you or it's salsa dancing or it's coloring you mentioned earlier or it it doesn't matter. But I think to have something in your life that you can, can focus on and and stop and be present is so wonderful and healthy and um, just uh, keeps us, keeps us
1: grounded. Well, tell us all the places where we can find your book. Like I said, I just picked it up. I read it in one sitting. I found it so enjoyable, and uh, I really highly recommend it. So we mentioned Amazon, and and do you have a website as well? Yes,
0: I do. I have a website. It's housecallsforwellness.com.
1: Oh, good. And are you on social media? I looked for you on Twitter. I couldn't find you, so I mentioned the... I'm not on Twitter, but I'm
0: on on Instagram. I'm on Instagram with the same... With that same handle, house calls for wellness. Oh, great. And I post okay. a tip every morning.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, oh I'm looking and, forward to that because I'm going to check it out. And oh, good. Please
0: do. And I'm also on Facebook, Beth Ricconati author.
1: All right. Well, Beth, this has been so lovely. It's been a, so much fun talking with you. And I'm so sad Andrea missed this. She would have loved this. So you'll have to join us again. In the meantime, you can find to. us. Thank you, Lisa. Oh, good. Yeah, we'd love that. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Naturally Savvy at Andrea Donsky at Health Media Gal 1. That's the number one. That's me. You can also find this show on It's Your Health with LisaDavis.com and other shows that I do. I want to thank everyone for listening. Bake some challah and stay well. I want to thank our wonderful sponsor, Natural Vitality. Feeling everyday normal stress, occasional constipation, muscle fatigue from exercise, occasional sleeplessness. Well. Magnesium is nature's relaxing mineral. Magnesium is needed for hundreds of activities in the human body, which is why it's one of life's most vital minerals. Natural Calm supports your healthy magnesium levels. The highly absorbable water-soluble ionic formula is a multi-award winner and best-selling magnesium supplement in natural food stores nationwide. Natural Vitality's Calm is the anti-stress drink. I love it. I drink it every day. My husband uses it it's fabulous. It tastes great. So check them out. Go to www.naturalvitality.com.